Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. We've been doing a series on building and um, we've done it now for about three weeks, I think. Um, Phil has been um, taking us through the first couple, which were on prayer and then on giving. And last week we heard a really great talk from John on um, serving. And today we're going to be looking at community. Um, so we're going to look at um, a chapter in Acts 2, a passage from there. Um, and I just want to set the scene first because... Um, this is a time where in Acts, the, um, Jesus has just ascended into heaven in front of the disciples. Um, they have been meeting eagerly to, pr- to pray. Um, there's a day of Pentecost that comes and they, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that must have been an incredible scene um, and sight. Um, they were able to speak in tongues and that was translatable amongst the people. Um, Peter then addressing the crowd and he's basically preaching the gospel um, and baptizing them and in one day we're told that 3,000 people are, are saved um, so that's the context so we're going to go to um, Acts 2 the fellowship of the believers they the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. God our Father, we just thank you so much that your word is as relevant today as it was hundreds of years ago. Um, Lord, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you've been present during our service. Um, And Father, we just pray for your word now, Lord. We pray that you would just reveal something of yourself to us, Lord, that we would just grow a little bit closer to you, that we would learn something somewhat more of of who you are, um, that we would just uh, be open to receiving you, Lord. We pray that you would um, give us open eyes, ears and hearts, Lord, that you would gently um, challenge us where we need to be challenged, um, convict us where we need to be convicted. Um, But, Lord, we just thank you that you are God and that you are sovereign over this church and over us. Amen. So, the question first before we talk about community and get into the passage is, um, why community? Why is it so important to be part of a community? And, you know, we are living in a world and in this society where individuality is everything. Um, And I personally, I love being independent. I love being standing out from the crowd um you know like uh, i want to be the best at everything really if i could i would i want to be the best lawyer i uh, would have been the best at badminton but rihanna overtook me so <laughs> no longer good at that um you know I, and i certainly like the face i don't really want to show people that i'm like uh, you know that i've got anything that i haven't got it sorted i'd like to pretend as though i'm like you know i'm cool um there's nothing going on um and that's the kind of society that we live in. That's what, you know, it's good to just be individual. Um, and so I just wanted to ask that question. So then why, why does God want unity? Why is it that he looks to community rather than to this individuality? Like why didn't he choose to have, like, these lone ranger Christians, these, like, superhero individuals, if you like? Like, why did he, why did he want the community? 
And I think we can just um, have to look at basically who God was um, and or who God is and who Jesus was when he w- walked on this earth and also the church. Um, so, um, Josh, you can just press down the slides. Yeah. Um, and again, so if we just look first at um, who God is himself, uh, you just press the arrows each time. Um, um, God, so I don't want to even try and explain the whole Trinity thing and it, uh, the books have been written on it and uh, debates have been uh, are there and you could just talk about what the Trinity is and what it means but at its heart we know that God is both Father, Son and Holy Spirit so he is a community of persons uh, he is one, but he is one and the same but he is also distinct three different persons and he's in this loving, God is in a loving mutual relationship with God the Father God the Son, God the Holy Spirit And then we are made, as the Bible tells us, we're made in God's image. Uh, So the essence of humankind is therefore that we have to be in a relationship with God and that we also have to be in a relationship with God's creation, i.e. humans. Um, And for these relationships to work, um, we have to truly live in the image of God and that means being in a relationship with him um, and that these relationships have to be mutual and interdependent. So as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are mutual and interdependent, so we also have to try and do that. And that means valuing sameness, the fact that we have got the the Father as God as one, um, but that he's also distinct. There are different facets of him as well. Um, So that's God uh, as the Trinity, rolled up in a few words. Um, And then we look at um, who Jesus was when he was on this earth. So... Matthew 4, do you remember, he goes out, he's being tested, he's in the wilderness, Satan tests him, he comes back, uh, he starts a bit of preaching, but what's the, what does he do next? He goes straight to James and um, to Andrew and to Peter, they're fishermen, and he's like, come follow me. And then he goes and he sees um, James and John and he calls them. So he starts rounding up the disciples, because Jesus could have done all of it, he could have fulfilled what he needs to fulfill on this earth, He could have fulfilled it on his own if he wanted to. If God so wanted, that's what he could have done. But he immediately chose to surround himself with disciples. Um, And then we're left with the church. Um, So so does anybody actually know what the word church means? Anyone know? Looking at Dawn. Exactly, assembly, gathering. So the Greek word is ecclesia, and it just means exactly that, assembled ones. So it's not referring to a building, which is good for us since we don't really have one. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's referring to this this kind of body, this being assembled together. And so the church isn't special because of who we are, um, but because of what we belong to. And um, the Bible talks about the church being the bride of Christ. Um, and it's because it va- it's valued by God so much that it was his idea that he absolutely loves this concept of the church. Um, and I don't know whether the men, the husbands among you can remember the, your um, wedding day when uh, your wives are walking down or your brides are walking down the aisle and you turn and you can hear all, all these people going, ooh, wow, isn't she beautiful? And you, and you like turn and you look and you look at her and you're like, is there a spot on your chin? <laughs> Of course you don't. You didn't say that at all. You looked at her and you were completely amazed. You were like, wow, this is why I fell in love. Wow, she's like the most beautiful person in in this whole building, in this whole church. And that's exactly what God sees. He doesn't look at the flaws in the church, but he is just totally in love with what what he's made and what he's created. 
so much so that it was worth sacrificing his own son for it. And the very sad thing is that a lot of us as Christians don't really value the church in the same way. So if we don't feel it among us, then it's unlikely that we're going to attract other people in. Um, and uh, sometimes we can paint a pretty bad picture of, of the church. So I had a few jokey um, slides. Here's a church sign. Have trouble sleeping? We have sermons. Come here, one. Uh, <laughs> next slide. It's Americans, obviously. It has to be Americans. <laughs> no offense, Ali. Um, <laughs> this one now is a good time to visit. Our pastor is on vacation. <laughs> and then this is my personal favorite, the third <laughs> so I'm joking aside, obviously, but um, what I'm basically saying is, you know, we can, the church, God intended the church to be cherished, and sometimes we don't, we don't quite match that at all. So I think if we can just sum up why community before we just move on to the passage now, um, hopefully I'll just explain that it's, it's because it's rolled up into the very being and likeness of who God is, and that's what he wants for us as well. He wants us to be in community. <coughs> So if we focus on the passage, and in the interest of time, I just want us to focus on this one verse, verse 46. In particular, all the believers were together and had everything in common. I just wanted to pull out two things from that. Um, The first is togetherness, um, the second is commonality, but we'll come on to that. So why did they meet together? When, where, and why did they meet? So when, verse 46 says... Verse 46 said they um, came every day. So every day they met together. I just want you to look next to each other, like look next to each other. And if you if you are married to if it's your spouse or your family member, just look along. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I suppose my question is like, do you are you devoted to that person? Like, do you love that person really? Like, are you interested? If you're a guest here, obviously a visitor, then um, you don't. You can be excused. <laughs> but, um, but you know, are you are you really interested in that person? Because really, what the church was doing, the early church, it was devoted and it was so passionate for the people and for each other. And that's what we need. We need to be a little bit in love with the people that we are next to. So they met every day. Secondly, where did they meet? The passage tells us that it, um, they met in, in church, so the temple courts. But then it goes on to say that it also, they also met in people's homes, in each other's homes. And there they say you know, that they came together and they broke bread. And I don't think they're talking just about you know, the communion, breaking bread together. But I think it was just about having a meal together and just enjoying each other's company. And I don't know about you, but my favorite time is just having food with people. Like, I just absolutely love it. And um, we have a home group on Wednesdays, and I think we probably do more eating and chatting than we do reading the Bible and, um, and praying. But it's just so good. And it, there's a connection there that we just get because we just are able to chat over food about different things. And it also sets us up for then the prayer and the, um, and the, uh, and the reading of the Bible because we've got that level of intimacy and that level of trust that we've built up. Um, see Maureen and Martin there, they are going to pick on these two because um, I just want to make a real example um, because I think probably they're in the church, they've they've been here for quite a long time and um, now they've just joined our Hope group fairly recently. And am I really honestly, would I have probably picked these two as like my my best friend? Um, 
Possibly not. She's shaking her head. Can you believe? <laughs> but uh, you know, prob- probably not. You know, I, I steer clear of lawyers, so I would have steered well clear of Martin if I had the choice. But you know, now they're part of our church and, and part of our community group. And I've got to say, I'm a little bit devoted for these guys. Like, they're really cool, and they're actually pretty funny as well. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and so I think that's what God wants for us. Um, we had Phil over recently for dinner, and um, uh, I made my, first, my second fish pie. It turned out a success. Thank you very much. Um, and, you know, we prayed together, and we just talked about Jesus and the church, and we did talk about other things, more other interesting things as well. But do you know, like, the Bible talks about us being, like, to bind together, and it talks specifically about being yoked. And, and there's something that happens when we are come together that, um, that is different to when we're with our, our, our non Christian friends or um, people who don't believe, there's a level of depth that you can get with somebody. Um, and and it really, I really felt that, you know, I've really been feeling it the more that I spend time with you guys in the church, that, um, you know, there's a little bit more of falling in love with you guys. And that's why I'm the where. They also met in each other's homes. Finally, why? Why did they meet together? Well, this passage is really clear. They were praising God. They loved one another. And they were just enjoying the blessing and the encouragement because they were devoted to praising God, they were devoted to every day meeting together and just being amongst it all. Guys, they were seeing the observance of signs and wonders. That's what they were seeing daily. And it's just that, that's just totally right. The Holy Spirit just, just turns up in that environment. And it becomes so attractive and so infectious that other people want in as well. And we read that like, you know, daily, more and more were added to their number. Jesus said to the disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So there we are, we have togetherness. So then secondly, we have commonality. So this passage says, they had everything in common. And I look at that passage and I'm like, everything? Everything? Did they really have everything? (laughs) I mean, I know they must have, like, you know, stewed goat and grilled fish and, like, but maybe those things in common. But did they really have everything? And I'm just looking at you guys now and I'm like, do you know what? Sometimes there's quite a lot of odd bods in this, in this group here, <laughs> you know? It's quite a lot of weird people, well, strange people. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, really an eternity with these guys? Like, is that really what you have for me? Um, and I think the problem, the danger is that, you know, we can just look at the differences between us rather than what we have in common what we can automatically do is just what other differences. And there are a few dangers with that that I just wanted us to just pick up on. Um, the first is conflict. Um, see, God has placed um, on Owen's heart this real desire to build a diverse church. And the problem with that is that it's really difficult and it automatically leads us to this danger of, um, of conflict and the potential for that to arise. Um, and if you think about the early church, so as, as this passage is, you know, there's all this unity and it's amazing, it sounds really great. But then if you read later on in Paul's letters, you see that actually conflict begins to rear its ugly head. In Ephesians 4, Paul writes, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of, calling, of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So you see, he's like writing from prison. He sees that there must be a problem here um, because he's like pleading with these people. He's like, please be united, show peace to one another, be humble, be gentle, be kind. 
So we looked at conflict. The second thing I just wanted to, to pick up was the opposite of that, really, which is coveting. I've called it coveting, but there are a lot of people who are really gifted in this church. There are loads of people. There's Phil and Owen who can preach. And sometimes we are like, I can be like, mm, do you know what, Lord? I want to preach a bit better than these guys. Or, you know, there's like Matt and Alicia, and they're great at worship. And I'm like, mm, I just want to be a bit better than them at worship. And so, you know, we can have that kind of attitude about other people's gifts. And, you know, these are God-given gifts. And um, the Bible talks about, you know, us all having, us being a body with many different functioning parts. But you see, if we, and the Bible also says, you know, eagerly seek the gifts of, of the Spirit. But the thing is, he doesn't say eagerly seek the gifts of the others, of other people. He just says eagerly seek the gifts. And do it to strengthen the church, not to elevate yourself. And the thing is, if we have that attitude of, you know, I want to elevate myself, I assure you, God will not use us. Coveting. And finally, hurt. This stuff is not easy, right? I mean, I'm talking about it as though it's so easy to connect and to love. Um, You know, it's a commandment that Jesus gave, that he actually commanded it because he knew how hard it is to love each other. And the danger is we can get really close to people um, and, the more, and the, the more close we get to people, the more susceptible we are to getting hurt. Thierry, my husband, he's not here today, so I can say what I like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, he knows me the best. He knows my flaws. He knows my vulnerabilities. He knows what I'm good at. He knows what I'm bad at. He has probably got the best opportunity to hurt me if he wants to. Um, and then after that, it's probably some of you guys, many of you guys. Um, and I suppose our response can be, well, can we push ourselves away or can we just draw in? Um, because what we need is just more grace. We just need more grace to forgive in the same way that Jesus forgives. So there is a, um, a philosopher called uh, Schopenhauer. Um, it's the next slide. And he comes up with this um, porcupine dilemma. It's interesting stuff. Um, basically, it's about these porcupines. So the ground is freezing cold. Um, they're really cold, so they can't burrow down, right? So because that's what they normally do, because, but the ground's frozen, so they can't. So what they have to do is they have to huddle together, and they scooch, and uh, the more they scooch, the uh, more they start pricking each other, right? Because they've got spikes. Um, <laughs> and, like, and then what happens is they, they start causing each other pain because they're just spiking each other. And that's really true of us, right? Like, the, mo- the closer we get together, the opportunity there is for us to hurt each other, to spike each other a bit. But Hebrews 10 says, do not, give meet, do not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And guys, we're in end times, and uh, you know, that's just what we're going to see more of. It's going to get harder, but we need to just press in. And the danger is that if we go on our own, go out on our own, it will just lead to spiritual barrenness. Um, so in this example, the porcupine example, sometimes it just gets too painful for these porcupines. So a few of them, they waddle out into the, into the freezing cold on their own. And because of the cold, the next day, they freeze to death. And that is exactly true for us as well. If we try and go out on our own, it leads to spiritual death. My parents, they um, got divorced about five years ago, and they were Christians. And that was a really heartbreaking thing for all of us, for all our family. And the reason why I raise it is because, you know, I wonder, looking back now when it's less raw, um, if they hadn't gone out on their own and tried to deal with it on their own, would they still be married? Would they really have got divorced? And turning that around, 
if their community, if their church had totally like encompassed them in and like loved them and told them like, come on, we want to help you. Let's stand side by side. Let's let's love you all and let let love you both and let's help you deal through this, go through it all together. Would they have divorced? It's a really interesting question. And I just wanted to say, you know, don't, yeah. It, the Bible says here, Hebrews 3, I've just put this down, that be, encourage one another as long it is, as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And I think we just have to remember that we, we're in a spiritual battle, right? That it's not always just about me versus somebody else, that there's something going on in the heavenly, heavenly realms. And, um, yeah, we just don't want to stand on the, the, the side of the enemy. We want to stand on the side of... Of, of godliness and holiness and the enemy the devil he just wants divisiveness that's what he wants do you on, do you think that one lone ranger is going to be um a challenge for the devil or will it be 50 passionate people completely hungry for god completely hungry for each other devoted to each other that's going to scare satan i guarantee you the devil will be shaking if he sees that so we looked at the problems um, of our, if we have differences, and I just wanted to then focus on what it means then of this commonality point. Um, so it says um, that they had everything in common. And I think what they mean by everything here is, um, is that it's everything that matters, everything of importance. So we look at a common story first. Guys, we are all... We are all, regardless of our background, regardless of what happened to us, whether we um, became Christians through New Day or whether we became Christians through the Alpha Course or we've just grown up in a church environment or, you know, we were murderers come now loving Jesus. Our common story is that we um, are understanding that we are sinners, that we are saved by grace and that we have an eternity of paradise to look forward to with God the Father. But that's not it. So we have a common story, but we also have a common calling. And our common calling is this, that we are just to glorify God. We are to glorify God in all that we are and all that we have. That we need to look less like the world and more like Jesus. So it doesn't matter what our job title is. We could be butcher, baker, candlestick maker. But, you know, Jesus used fishermen. And... That's what he's interested in. He's interested in our calling. Do we glorify him in what we do? And then finally, a common goal. See, we can't please everyone, but that's not what we're here for. That's not what Owen's trying to build. He's not trying to please everyone in the church. He's just trying to please God. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And our our calling, our goal, is to reach the guys out there, to become effective fishers of men. So I just wanted to, yeah, and I just want to say, round that up, we're just saying, you know, that there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ. Like, that is our common ground. That's what unifies all of us. Um, And that should be enough to cover all our differences. So I just wanted to finish, and I just wanted to, to, to ask the question, where is it that we sit? Like, honestly, where do we sit? Are we fully sold? Are we fully invested for this church stuff? Do we really look to the person next to us and be like, do you know what, I'm really for this person. I'm really praying for this person. I'm really like brotherly, sisterly next to this person. Or are we kind of a bit on the periphery? So we kind of half in, half out. Do you know what, I'm kind of interested. I kind of like this person, not so keen on this one. A bit apathetic about this one. Mm. 
Or are we just a spectator? Are we just somebody who's like, do you know what, I'm quite happy with my one and a half hours per week when I come to church and I sit in, I come in, come out, go out, and that's all that I'm really interested in. Are we just spectating? It's interesting because um, I was just reminded of, of uh, Jesus and Peter. And do you remember Peter, um, Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? And he, then he asked it for the third time, Jesus, do you love, uh, Peter, do you love me? And you kind of think like, and Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you, I love you. And then Jesus responds, feed my sheep. And like, that's really hard, like in a way, like I was just like, well, that's, actually, that's kind of mean. Like, Peter's just totally poured his heart out to you. He's just told you and confessed. It must have been like with passion. I love you, Jesus. And his response was, go feed my sheep. And it's like Jesus wants, it, it's, not, it's just not the words that matter to Jesus. It's like, what, what is that in action? What does that mean? And this is the same Peter who later on says, I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'll never deny you. And three times he does that. See, our words can be quite easy, but the carry-through can be a lot more difficult. And God wants to take us in our faith to the next level. And in the context of community, he accomplishes that by putting us into an environment where we're going to be tested. He plugs us into a community filled with imperfect people, people with rough edges, loads of baggage, and he asks you to grow and not to spectate. And he's going to ask you to give of your time, of your talents, of your compassion, of your patience. Well, John 4 says, For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So I just want to end things there. I just want to ask two things. That, as I was, one, as I was pray, um, just, uh, just speaking, I sense that there's somebody here who is um, thinking of leaving the church. Um, and I, yeah, and I, it's, a, it's just a sense that I have. And all I'd say to you to that is just press in. Like, don't, don't be like the porcupine because it will lead to spiritual death if you go out on your own. Come in, press in. And I really sense the Lord saying that he will provide you with breakthrough if you just come in and stay in. And I'd encourage whoever that is just to come and speak to one of the elders or come talk to me or whoever, but just don't do it on your own. So let's stand. <clears throat> I just want to read um, from 1 Peter. I think it sums up um, what we are about. Let's pray. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking, the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Emma. I think we're going to close there. I just encourage you to... um, You wanted to clap. You can do it. Um, Yeah, I just encourage you to, to, to respond to the word that you've heard and believe. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. 
If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.